What is up, guys, and welcome to this special World Cup qualifier preview episode of Guarani Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Roberto Rojas, and joining me as always are Federico Perez, Maria Britos, and Ralph Hanna. And guys, it is finally here. We are all dressed up in Paraguay shirts, all from different generations, all from different years. We obviously know what we're going to be talking about tonight. It is the big matches in the World Cup qualifiers the games against Uruguay on Thursday, and then next Tuesday against Brazil. I'm excited. I cannot wait to, to see what you guys think about this matches. Obviously, a ton to talk about. So let's go straight into it. Let's go all the way to the motherland. Fede Perez, how are you, my friend? How, how are you feeling now? You know, it's it's finally here. The club season's over. We got international games coming on. I mean, the, the Abi Roja um, fever is on, man. Yeah, obviously, Roberto, it's like that week has come and I just I can't believe it, right? Again, we got Albi Roja games after so long. Uh, we got to remember everybody listening to Warani Vision that uh, Paraguay was supposed to play a couple of months ago and they couldn't do it because of the suspension. The, the games are finally happening now after the long season. This first half of the year is over in Europe. It's over here in South America also with the Paraguayan League coming to an official ending. Uh, Libertad uh, putting that trophy up there of the Apertura. We had the celebration this past weekend. We had the, the closing games also on Libertadores on the, on the group stages. Happy about Olympia, about Cerro Porteño making it to the round of 16, especially with that game that Olympia had. With, what a big game that was. Probably one of the best ones, one of the uh the, the games that you'll probably want to go back to and watch because i think it was just one of the best games of this libertadores up until now and obviously now we have to talk about the national team we have to talk about Albert roja because everything is just coming so fast uh Albert roja has to play against uruguay uh, and montevideo and then we have to play against brazil so i'm excited i want to talk about berizzo's team i want to talk about what i would like to see from the uh, Albert roja also on these two first games and then We'll talk later on, obviously, about Copa America because people are already asking us about that. But first, these two games. Let's focus, people. Yeah, I, I think, obviously, we are very decisive in terms of our plans of doing this episode. Not as much as what Ball is doing with the Copa, uh, the Copa America, Ralph. So at least we're here discussing it on a Monday night um, about these two very, very big games against two teams that Paraguay are very familiar with. Yeah, that's right. I mean, two of their oldest rivals, other than Argentina, it's, it's Uruguay and Brazil that they probably played the most historically. Um, and we'll, we'll, of course, give you guys a few stats of how they've done recently in, in Montevideo in World Cup qualifiers and then in Asuncion in, uh, at home to Brazil, because it, it might be better than some people think, but we'll save that for a bit later. Um, and yeah, just, just a quick word on we're leaving club football behind. And while the Apertura has finished, there's still a lot of stuff going on. There's the Women's League is hotting up, by the way. Cerro Porteño are now top, which was a surprise because Libertad Limpeño have, have failed to win a couple of games. And then, you know, all the Intermedia and the lower divisions is all going on still. So for those people that are like thinking European football has finished, where's my fix? Well, we've got the Walker qualifiers, we've got the Copa America, but then you've got all the local league stuff going on. So plenty to follow. Absolutely. And Maria, I'll go to you last on this one. I mean, 
You know, it, it, it always feels great talking. I mean, obviously, we love talking about what's going on with Olympia, Cerro, Libertad, you know, women's football going on. But there's just something special when it comes to talking to the national team. I mean, obviously, we've grown up watching Paraguay play in World Cups, Copa Americas, these type of matches. So it always feels great to, to now think that we're going to go an entire month. Yes, an entire month of Paraguay national team games. Yeah, it's definitely a special time. Hey guys, how's it going? Um, you know, everyone's excited about going into these international games, you know, Copa America, which is always in a great tournament in itself. And this qualifiers that obviously uh, we're super pumped about and we're super nervous because we have to qualify this time. So everyone's got their eyes on Paraguay, everyone. Um, and, you know, like that special feeling that you're talking about, I, I feel like that's because um, we're all together. You know, it's not we support Olympia, we support Cerro, we support Libertad. It's all Paraguay together. So that's what makes it such a magical time. And like you said, uh, I, I think you tweeted uh, Roberto not too long ago. We're in uh, international break mode. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> Well, tell that to the people on Twitter that always like to debate about Cerro and Olympia. I'm sure they might want that kind of unity for these type of games. So, Of course. Uh, but let's go straight into it, guys. Obviously, you know, we did see the entire team, um, well, or at least are starting to go to Aviroga over there in Impané, obviously training before they travel to their first game in Montevideo against Uruguay. Looking at the team, and we had spoken about it last week about the players that, you know, have come in, have made their um that got their first call up we talked about david martinez we talk about gabriel avelos we also see some of the local players and we had also spoken about these players a few weeks ago as well we do see the players from cedro olympia and from libertad as well some of the names that we are mentioning you know we got used to like angel lucena matias Villasanti, santiago arzamendia but we do have some new names there as well we have alexis duarte who i pointed out as probably someone who should be on this list and he goes on this list. Ralph, you had mentioned the young 17-year-old sensation at Libertad, Julio Enciso. He's also on the list as well. You know, we also see uh, Ryan Ojeda, who's actually, you know, had a good season at Olympia as well. He's on the list. So it's, uh, it's a mix of a lot of experience, but also a lot of youth. And Fede, I'll go to you on this one first, because you had mentioned that. And I was listening to one of our previous episodes beforehand that you would like to see a Bediso side that is a bit more younger. And we're probably seeing that. And I think because of that, it shows that, you know, there's a lot of power. There's a lot of youngsters in Paraguay right now. The fact that Bediso has called up on these type of players for these important games shows the direction that the team is trying to go into, not just for these games, but possibly even for the Copa America. I think this is uh, all on Bediso uh, and his team. Uh, on his and his staff uh, they've been looking at all the games here in the first uh, league on the Paraguayan league lately that's been their job mainly these last couple of months I mean they haven't been able to travel around and go see other players because of the whole COVID situation so they've been just sitting here in Paraguay just studying players watching videos and going to the fields going to the stadiums they're allowed to do that and and I think this is a demonstration of what they what what they've seen lately. Well, these are the best players, Julio Enciso, Alexis Duarte, Julio, uh, and Brian Ojeda. Uh, these are all young players that are coming about and that are asking uh, for a spot also on the national team. I, I, I think this is not thinking just about right now. This is thinking of also about the future. And this speaks very well of the, of, of the job that Berizzo is doing because he's not only thinking about the, this World Cup, which is what they hired him for. 
they brought Berizzo to take Paraguay back to the World Cup. Uh, that's his big mission. I mean, if he doesn't make that, then I don't know if he's going to stay in the job. But uh, meanwhile, he's seeing all these young players uh, on the on the national uh, league that that can be useful also on the national team. And we've seen some of these players already. You, you mentioned some of them: Pika Lucena, Leili, uh, Vijasandi. Also, they've been part of the midfield uh, of the starting midfield for this Alberoja on these on these last important games. So why not a spot for a, a young 17-year-old Julio Ciso? I'm surprised to be calling uh, the ages of some of these guys. I mean, Alexis Duarte, 19. I mean, they, they have so much ahead of them and they haven't even left Paraguay yet. And uh, I think this is very important because this is going to make them evolve. This is going to make their uh, game even better. And it just shows that Berizzo is watching everybody and that everybody's going to get a chance. And even some other players that have more experience, but they play in the local league that have also been called uh, Roberto, like Antonio Barreiro. We haven't seen this name in a while. We hadn't seen that name with this coach. And that's a very experienced player. That's a player we talked about on this, on this podcast also. And we don't have that many players that can play wide on, on the right side. Uh, right now on on the national team, and he, he's, a, he's a very special player. He he can he, he can he, he can hit you a, a ball straight to the net, and he can do a lot of damage with his with his quickness. Also, uh, spread out wide. I mean, this team has everything. Berizzo can play as many ways as he wants. That's why he's bringing in and mixing so many players around. I'm just really happy, and props to Berizzo. I'm really I was actually surprised by some of these names. I didn't think they were going to get called up for these particular two games, maybe for the Copa America, but put them on these two big games and maybe even having some, some playing game, I, I would be shocked, to be honest. It's a, it's a huge jump for the players because traditionally, someone like Alexis Duarte or Julian Ciso would have played in January the Sudamericano, which is like the South American championship for under 20s or for under 17s. They usually play at the beginning of the year. But obviously, because of the pandemic, all of this got cancelled. There has been no youth football. So that's also why somebody like Enciso got thrown into the, the Libertad first team, because he, otherwise he wouldn't have played. You know, when he, he made his uh, debut, I think, in September or something, or October in the Libertadores of last year. But it's just because it's this kid, you either have to play him now or he, he doesn't do anything because there's no youth football going on. So it's a big jump for them to come, you know, they're probably their first time with some of these players. In fact, I saw Julio Enciso on his Instagram. Uh, he had a photo with Balbuena, Fabian Balbuena, who's just come over from West Ham. And it's because for him, it's like, wow, you know, this is a player I, I look up to and I, he probably hasn't met before, you know, in, in the national team. Um, and then we have another new player that, uh, in the River Plate defender that's been called up, uh, Martinez, because he's coming for the first time as well. And he probably doesn't know a lot of these players because, you know, he's he's a player that's that's played most of his football over in, in Argentina. So Berizzo has that task of gelling together some of these new names and new players as well. And I don't know about you guys, but what I'm really focused on is the, the defense. And what does he do? Because... The first game, at least against Uruguay, you got to think, you know, it's Luis Suarez, it's Uruguay. That last time we went to Montevideo, they won 4-0, uh, or, you know, Paraguay lost 4-0. And so then he, he has a team, he can essentially play a team of four centre-backs in that he has people like Juan Escobar or Junior Alonso that can play as full-backs, but they're also very good centre-backs. And I don't know about you guys, but I was, I think we might see a team 
without Asamendia, without Beto Espinola, it's going to be a team of kind of, it's a back four, but it's like centre-backs and very big aerial players as he looks to, to try and keep it defensive. Uh, I don't know what you guys think of his strategy for this first game. I mean, my... Sorry, I couldn't hear you there, but uh, I agree with you, Ralph, there. Uh, you know, Paraguay is very well known for their defensive play, uh, style of play. But um, lately we've seen that change a little bit last year with Berizzo. You know, he wants to go more forward. Um, he wanted to play uh, more attacking football, but it also depends on the team. And, and you know, we Uruguay and Brazil are very attacking teams themselves. So they are going to have to uh, step up on their defense. And um, what, like you said, Ralph, you know, having a, a, a big, uh, a big group in the back uh, would really help them. Um, I don't think they'll have a problem in that sense um, because I know that they have um, a good defensive style of play overall. And what I think that they should focus on a lot as well is try to get one or two goals, you know, at least make that impact on the other team so that they, we can have a balance in, in the game. Absolutely. I, I think that's the crucial part, really. And I think looking at, at all the games that we had played so far and obviously, you know, getting the, the three draws and, you know, conceding goals against Bolivia, conceding goals against Peru and Argentina, you look at the defensive mistakes that have gone. I think Bediso has now looked at that and say, OK, this cannot happen again. We need to have a solid defense. And Fede, I, I, I think you can understand that, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but he is looking for alternatives. I mean, bringing in David Martinez brings you an option over there. You got Alexis Duarte, a young name over there. Also, you got Omar Alderete, who had his first season in Bundesliga in Germany. Uh, you got Fabian Balbuena that's been playing a lot also this last season and will probably change up teams uh, to try to get more playing game over there. You got Juan Escobar, who, who was just champion in Mexico with Cruz Azul. Uh, and he was playing over there uh, all his all the games. I mean, you got a lot of players. You just have to get it right uh, on the names, and that's what probably hasn't happened. Uh, and you got to get the best out of these guys. Also, I mean, we should have seen the best out of Gustavo Gomez, and we didn't see that. We I think we did get the best out of Junior Alonso, and I think we got a player there to to maintain. Uh, but Gustavo's going to have to show up and uh, on these kind of big matches even more, you know, when you have to go against the big stars of the other teams, like Luis Suarez, this is where Gustavo Gomez is going to have to really show that he can uh, stop these big players because that's what you're going to have to do in the World Cup uh, also. And then I'm not with uh, Rob's idea of playing center backs uh, on, the, on the sides. Uh, I would love to see at least one of the two sides with an attacking player. Uh, like Espinola, I, I don't think it was the best semester for Santiago Arzamendia, but he has played so well in the national team. But I do see David Martinez getting a chance. I mean, that wouldn't be the first time that Berizzo brings in a player and puts him right away, right? Just talking about the defense, I don't want to move on the, the, the team before everybody gives their opinion. No, I, yeah. I agree. Go ahead, Ralph. Yeah, I think it's what he did. Uh, we saw with the first game against Venezuela, you know, like Gaston Jimenez and Puas, he put them in. He's like, okay, these are my players. And so we might see this with, with David Martinez in defense. And I, and I think it would be for Balbuena because Balbuena, what we saw is he, he started to miss a lot of games towards the end of the season with West Ham. Just as West Ham were playing better, he wasn't part of maybe that, 
you know, that improved performance. And he's, I don't think he, he will drop Gomez, even though Gomez has maybe not played well. He's the captain. He's the leader. Um, he's playing really well for Palmeiras. I mean, that's the, that's always the thing with us. I, I just watched him at the weekend. They're playing against Flamengo, which is, you know, one of the best teams in Brazil. He had a great game. So we're hoping, you know, he can he can keep that level. Um, and we'll, and I think we'll see him with, with Martinez and maybe Junior Alonso left back. Remember, that's who he played at left back against Argentina when, again, he was going for a more defensive style. Because in all Paraguay's games, if we just look back in the World Cup qualifiers under Berizzo, Paraguay always dominated possession except the game against Argentina, which he put a totally different, you know, kind of style out, knowing about the dangers of Messi, knowing about the dangers of, of Argentina. And it kind of worked. We got the draw and, and we played well in that game. Um, so I think we might see those three. And then the, the doubt for me is over the right back. If he goes to someone like Juan Escobar, but remember Juan Escobar was playing last night in, in Cruz Azul and the game's on Thursday. I mean, these players are coming. It's, this has all come so quick for the players as well. It's something to remember. And they've kind of trickled through to Upane to the, to the high performance centers. Like, you know, he had 10 players and he had 12 and he had 20. He still doesn't have the full group as of today because Escobar, I don't think it's trained yet. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. He will maybe be thinking about that, about fatigue after such a long season. And I think in such an important game like this, you know, it'll be very important to see how well these fitness levels are. Maria, we want to switch gears as well as to what was going to be in the midfield, because we have seen a lot of different midfielders on this team. We saw Gaston Jimenez, who, you know, he scored against Venezuela, but kind of had a bit of a more disappointing performances in the other games. Cool as as well. I think looking at the return, and Fede, you had mentioned why you were so happy about this, is the return of Pidis da Mota, you know, a player that I think would be very crucial as, you know, kind of that, that destroyer, that kind of, you know, ball-winning midfielder that can, you know, obviously track back and, and set up the fences and go forward as well. I think in a game like this, when you're looking at Uruguay and Brazil, who are going to go right at you, you're going to need that. And I think you could still have players like Richard Sanchez. And then the question is, how do you form, how do you formulate on the attack? You know, how do you go on? I, I think Migi obviously is probably going to be the one that's up there. You're probably going to see him compliment with Angel Romero as well, but then who do you got? Who would you want on that team that I feel is going to get you the goals and want to move forward on the attack? Well, yeah, that's the that's the difficult part in this whole in this whole situation for for Berizzo because he's got so many players too that he's got to make that um, that that um, he's got to make it work, you know, with all his players. Um, see which one fits the best, and you know, we we saw in the midfield last time uh, that in the last two games that we that, that Paraguay had. Uh, we had we had Richard Sanchez who had pretty good game and like you said Gaston Jimenez who also had a good one one good game uh, we also had um, Lucena who he was decent as well and and I think that that could stay the same in my opinion but it's what's really should be uh, worked on is the the front you know uh, Miguel Almigron we, uh, we, don't, we don't have Sanabria anymore, but he didn't really make a difference last time. Um, you know, we have um, Oscar and Angel Romero. So th there's a lot of options there for him. Um, I think the midfield um, could could really stay the same, maybe switch one or two. But in my opinion, I, I think in that sense, last time around, they they had a good a good 
uh, a good midfield. Absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, to close it out, guys, I mean, uh, I'll go to Fed on this one. I mean, who, who should get the goals? Who are we looking at to see who is going to complement the likes of Miguel and, and Angel? I mean, we, we see, I think Avalos is probably the one that you kind of want in terms of form because of what he's doing in Argentina in the Copa Libertadores. Gonzalez as well, you know, Charlie uh, Gonzalez from um, at, uh, Tigres, you know, he's not had the best start so far to his career, but he is a proven goal scorer as well. I mean, who, who do you see that should indeed be on the attack and be that front player? Well, first of all, I was thinking about what you were saying, Roberto. I mean, this is a very uh, important time of the year for some players. I mean, it was the ending of the season for the European players, the players that, uh, that play abroad. So I don't know physically just how good they are. You know, if they are a little tired, some of, some of them have come to, after playing very important games for their teams. I mean, playing relegation points, some playing for other uh, important uh, stuff also but um i think that's very key for, for the coaching staff to before this two games to have like that clinical eye and see who is a hundred percent i mean it's been so long since the last time we saw this team that i don't know if Berisa is going to try to surprise us also or surprise the other coaches i would say because of the strategy i mean you're going up against two of the best coaches in south america in my uh, opinion i mean oscar tavares knows just so much uh, about Uruguayan football and has beaten us so badly lately. Uh, and, and, we, and we need a strategy behind that. And, and then we got Tite. We got, we got one of the best coaches that Brazil has thrown us lately. And he's just been awesome ever since he got that national team. So I'm kind of scared against, you know, Berizzo making mistakes again and not picking the right players or going with the same team on both games, which is something that he has done before uh, in, in combos that we've seen from him. So based on all of that, I don't think if, if I have to throw a team out there just basing myself on what I've seen from him, I do think Gaston Jimenez is going to be there again because he's been there all these four games and he's been an important player for him. Uh, but then you got players that, like Matias Vitasanti, Angel Lucena, who have come in very well to this team. But uh, it depends a lot on the season that they've had. And Andres Cubas played a lot in, in France also, so he might get a chance in that midfield. And then you got more defensive style players. Uh, Andres Cubas is kind of a, a midfielder that, that gives you that uh, defense. But you have other players like Jorge Morel, Robert Pires da Mota, they can be very aggressive in that midfield. And we kind of need that. And, and and then you and then you look at that right side. I don't see that many options on the right side or on the left side on the midfield. I mean, on the left side, it's either Gaston Jimenez or Kaku Romero. I don't know if you guys have another player that can play in that left field. Uh, maybe Oscar Romero, another one. But I, I see Oscar Romero more on the uh, on on Miguel Almiron's spot, but maybe replacing him. I think these are players. These are players that are going up against each other to have a a chance in Berizzo's style of play because Berizzo plays 4-3-3 and you got to find your plays around that because he hasn't been that much flexible around that situation either. I mean, we hear it all the time. Maybe play with two defensive midfielders, but we haven't seen that from him. I mean, mainly on the speech, uh, I base myself. I, I think up there, is, we're going to see Miguel Miron. We're going to see Anka Romero. They deserve it. They, they, they need to be on that starting team. And then the, that last spot is open. I mean, who's going to be the center forward? It's either going to be Carlos Gonzalez or Gabriel Avalos. There are no more options than that. 
I think one of those two players are going to get their big shot at this national team because of some injuries. Tony Tanavi is not here. Uh, Lescano is not here. So that, uh, that spot is open, wide open for one of these two guys to come in and maybe score just one goal on these two games and blow everybody away. Because that could happen in, in tight games. And, and maybe they can be the hero that Paraguay might need in these two very tough matches. Probably the worst combo that you can get looking at strong teams, Uruguay and Brazil. I mean, uh, respect to them. We, we got to watch out for them. Yeah, it's, it's a really tough call for the strikers. I'm, I'm the same with Fede. I mean, he played, so far he's played Lescano in almost every game. I think one game he dropped him for Sanabria. But he always plays with that kind of nine. Because there is the other option if you put Angel Romero in the middle. I mean, it, it wouldn't be crazy. But looking at the way he's played before, I think he's going to want Almiron, Romero, and then like a more traditional nine in the middle. So it's between Avalos and, and Gonzalez. And it might even be a case of, you know, who has the most energy you start and then the other person comes on as the, as the first change around 60 minutes. Um, I, I don't know who I prefer because you have... I would say probably, you know, on balance, Gonzalez is a better player than Avalos, I would say. But on form, Avalos is playing better than Gonzalez right now. So it's kind of, do you go with the guy who's, who's hot at the moment? Or do you go with the guy that maybe, you know, has more, has more chance or, or has scored in, in bigger games before? So it's a, it's a tough one. I don't know if I could call it. Yeah, I mean, I, again, we're thankful that we're not in Betty's shoes for this one because I... I would be stressed out as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and now heading into obviously our opponents, they are very tough. And, you know, Ralph will go to you on this one. Uruguay is the first game in your, in Uruguay in the, at the Estadio Centenario in Montevideo. We look at the historical factor, obviously two teams that are very similar to each other, but they also have a team that have been stuck together for quite some time. You had mentioned Fede, you know, they have Oscar Tavares and Maestro, as we say, over there in South America, you know, he's been on that team for 15 years. They, he knows these players. He knows the opponents very well. Um, but for your, for Paraguay's case, it has been quite unlucky, I would say. You know, their last win in Montevideo happened in 2001. If we look at the record real quick, seven games, two wins, four losses, and only one draw. So historically saying this does not work well for Paraguay, Ralph, at least for this game against um, Uruguay. So I'm just curious – how do you feel as if though they should set up for this game? Because, you know, we, we talk about the likes of Luis Suarez. We talk about the likes of, you know, Cavani. He's not going to be there. Obviously has had a great season in Manchester United. He's not there, but you still have dangerous players like Federico Valverde. You've got players like Lucas Torreya. Your defense is obviously going to be the likes of Godin and Jimenez, two great center backs that know each other, Musleta and goal. So this is a team that definitely know what they're going to be like because they have always been this way uh, for many years now. Yeah, it's, it's a really strong team. It's a team that kind of picks itself, as you mentioned. I don't think there'll be too many surprises, except for we have to see who will replace Cavani because Cavani is suspended, which is actually really good news for Paraguay. The last time they played in Montevideo, they lost 4-0, and Cavani scored one, and he assisted one. And, and when Cavani scored, Luis Suarez set him up. And when uh, Cavani assisted one, he was assisting Luis Suarez. I mean, that you know, that... Uh, combination is is so good and I remember that day they were just too quick for Paraguay this was this was a long time ago let me just check yeah 2016 so we're five years back but you, Paraguay were playing that day with like Paulo da Silva in defense and 
Uh, I think they had people like Christian Riveros in the field, Topo Cáceres. I think he had a play. It's a changed team. It's a very changed team now. Yeah, I mean, and it was, even at that time, five years ago, that was a kind of older and slower team. And they couldn't cope with some of the, the rhythm and the tempo of Paraguay, of Uruguay, sorry. So I think that Albiroca will, you know, they'll kind of know what to expect as well from this Uruguayan team that's going to be quick, going to look for balls into the into the channels, you know, in that space between the, the fullbacks and the centre-backs, which is, again, going back to my point of why, you know, why um, that that position, those fullbacks are going to be so important. Because, you know, Suarez has that habit of sometimes he loves to pull off into those channels, uh, which he which he can do to if he's playing in a in a two up front, which he probably will. So I mean, yeah, Uruguay, it, it's going to be a very tough team, and also Uruguayan football traditionally is very physical. You know, very it's very physical, uh, very kind of uh, what's the word? You know, it's it's garra. It's, it's very similar to to Paraguay. So uh, it will be a tough game out there. It's like Vene says, a really difficult combo because your first games like going to be they're going to be really tired. You get this really tough physical team uh, that you have to play against, travel to, and then they come back to, to play Brazil. So uh, it's, a, it's a really tough one to go into. And I think what we'll see with with Uruguay is trying to control more the ball, have more possession and, and really, you know, try and stretch Paraguay. I think that's what we'll see. Playing quickly, they're going to try and, try and stretch Paraguay. It, it just reminds me, when we talked a little bit here about Cerro and Olimpia, when they suffered in Brazil in the games against uh, Internacional and Mineiro, it was that thing of the, the tempo was so quick for the team, so they weren't used to it. And, and we've seen this before at international level, so that, that could be something to, to watch out for. And maybe part of the, the plan is the traditional, when you go and play away, is just to, just to get stuck in and... and cut the game up with fouls, which is kind of what they did against Argentina and and it ended up working. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Fede, I'll go to you on this one. Do you feel like that might be the right approach to go to heading into this game? You know, try to, you know, because obviously this is a very side that love to play in possession. They love to obviously be quick, but now we kind of saw in the in those games that they do kind of tire out a bit. But so do you feel as if though maybe they should get rid of that and, and just go all the way back and hope for a counter and get that tight, sloppy win if they have to? I, I think this team is actually going to feel really comfortable in this match playing on the counter attack. And I think this is where Miguel Miron can make some damage, where Ángel Romero can make some damage. Uh, the fast players on... on on, on the Paraguayan team can make the difference on this game, I believe, attacking that defense uh, of Uruguay. But we're going to have to be very strong back there. Uh, Anthony Silva, who will probably start in the goalkeeper, uh, we haven't talked about that position in, in particular, but uh, I, I think he, he's going to have two very good games. I mean, he needs it to, to really confirm himself in, in that spot right now and that he's going to be the goalkeeper from now on because uh the the goalkeeper that was there before fernandez gatito fernandez unfortunately roberto fernandez has not been uh, available in many months now and his injury just got worse and worse so right now he's in he's not in the plan so we need a strong uh goalkeeper in, in these kind of games and i think anthony silva has the experience and he's gonna have to have a big game like we talked about the defense also so so that's the kind of game that i'm imagining that's why i think bringing in faster players maybe uh later on in the game like antonio barreiro 
you know, uh, that, that, that's what about, that, what about, yes. and this is just a name and, and Ralph, I'm sure you're going to like this one. What about someone like Enciso? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the play. That's the names that I'm talking about that maybe you can throw in that second half that might surprise the other team. You need to throw a curveball at these, uh, at these coaches. You need to throw something that they're not expecting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Maria, I'll go to you on this one as well. I mean, I, I think you look at how, you know, obviously we know what Uruguay is going to be yet, but, you know, I just want to make sure you agree on this. And this is like something that Paraguay might need to do, just looking at the way that their team is set up, that they need to just be as strong and physical and, and you know, try to hope to go on a counter. And if they need that goal and, you know, they can get it from a super sub like in CISO or someone else, that that's the way to victory if they need to go for that. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely going to be very physical, like you guys are saying. And and now that I'm looking at this worldwide team, um, they're very young. So you're going to see, you know, an already fast team, more, you know, more upbeat, trying to get the goals and and, and Paraguay is going to have to, to play catch up. So they're going to have to be, um, I think, I'm not going to say my prediction yet, but it's going to be a very tight game, a very, um, you know, same level kind of game. Um, I think you guys mentioned that already. Um, so, yeah, um, they're, they're going to have to put it all there out there because they are not just young. Um, they're also huge guys. So huge players uh, physically, like you guys were saying. So, it, yeah, they, we're going to need the, the younger players as well. We're going to need players that... Um, that can play long enough, can 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 go out there and, and make the, those runs. I know I'm, we know Miguel Almiron likes to run, so he's gonna do that. Um, but yeah, and Cecil is one of those as well. So you know, if he comes in as a sub and 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 pushes through, and you know, can surprise the 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 Uruguay team. But but yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun game. I I I predict that um so we'll see <laughs> i mean yeah it, it almost feels like you know these are teams that we know and and certainly you know ralph like you said i i think we'll learn from our lessons of what happened in montevideo a couple years ago this is a different side this team is much more expansive much more rapid they can indeed hold on and, and i think in these big games is what we've seen from betty so you know like so brazil argentina you know they like to to invite that pressure, they'd like to go forward. And this is now a perfect segue into the other opponent that will be on Tuesday in Asuncion. It is the five-time world champions, Brazil. They will go into this game and quite a similar record, actually, when you look at it, uh, Ralph. Brazil and Paraguay are two teams that have always played against each other, a team that, at least in recent times, has given them a big push. You know, obviously we talk about the Copa Americas, the last three of them going to the penalty shootouts, Paraguay pushing them into the brink, winning two of those last three. Um, but even looking at the qualifiers, they have not lost a single home World Cup qualifier to Brazil since 1985. Yes, it's been four games, but when you're playing against one of the best teams of all time, or at least, you know, a traditional power, as like Brazil, that's a good record against Paraguay. I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm curious to see what you feel about this game in particular. Obviously, they won't be without the likes of Thiago Silva and Dani Alves, very experienced mid, uh, defenders. But, I mean, come on, you look at the list that they have. Neymar, Gabriel Jesus, Firmino. Uh, they got Gabi Gol that's doing well at Flamengo. Vinicius Jr., look at the midfield. Casimiro, uh, you know, Favinho as well. Even in the defense, Marquinhos. Yeah, the list goes on and on and on. 
How do you think Paraguay will set up for this game against Brazil? Such a it's such a tough team again, yeah. To, so on the back of Uruguay, they'll be back and and have to try and keep up this record, which I'm sure a lot of the players know about. I mean, I was checking. I I went to the two draws you mentioned. So 2004 was a nil nil draw, um, and that was when Brazil came with an incredible team. They came with Ronaldo. They came with Ronaldinho, Roberto Carlos. I think I think uh, Adriano was in that team. They they just came and. And Paraguay somehow held out to a nil-nil after like a 30-minute blackout. The, you know, the stadium lights went out early on. It was one of those classic games. And just a reminder, I, I will never forget this, that Ronaldo got the ball for the first time on like the edge of the box. And the whole crowd, because of course this was a packed crowd, went, <gasps> like everyone drew breath. Like they were like, oh my gosh, it's Ronaldo. But they held on and, and they got the draw there. And then the 2-2 is the, more, the most recent game which I was also at, and I'm very pleased that Alves is out injured because Alves destroyed Paraguay towards the end of that game. Paraguay were leading 2-0. Uh, Lescano got the first goal, I remember. And, and then, you know, they, they brought on, it, this was under Ramon Diaz, they brought on Iturbe, Iturbe on the left. He didn't do very well marking and, and Alves kind of had his number. And I think he set up the first goal and then scored the equalizer. Um, so that's a reminder of the, the danger of Brazil. You know, even we were leading 2-0 in that game and we couldn't, we couldn't take the win. I think for this one, it's, it's going to be, I would say, a similar setup to what we saw, what we'll see against Argentina, Uruguay, because it's hard to beat a, a Tiche team in possession. I mean, he's so good at building those teams up to get possession. They can play this really slow, patient build-up. Um, they don't get easily caught on the on the counterattack, so it's, it's very difficult. And a, and a quick note about Brazil is Casemiro. I don't think has ever lost a World Cup qualifier since he since he and uh, Tite have been together. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be that's a really tough one. And again, I think you know again Paraguay, similar to the Montevideo game against Uruguay, they'll be happy with a draw. Remember, as we go into these games, Paraguay are in the qualification spots. And if they come out of this unbeaten, they, they could still be hanging around there. So um, I don't think, again, I don't think we'll see like a total change from what we're going to have in uh, to have in the Uruguay game. And Fede was mentioning, we've seen sometimes he keeps the same players in, in both combos. I think he did it for like Peru, Venezuela towards the beginning, right? It was almost the same teams. And so I think we might see something like that. And that's what's going to help Paraguay as we're talking about these new players coming together Maybe they'll be stronger in the second game against Brazil, having spent more time on the on the pitch together. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's what I'm expecting something something quite similar. And I think more of that, not having so much of the ball because you know trying to beat this Brazil team in possession is going to be it, it would be very difficult. So I think we'll see something similar. Yeah, Feda, and I want to go with you on this one because I think obviously the main player that they have to focus on is someone like Neymar. And we know what Neymar is capable of doing. Yes, he can be petulant at times when it comes to the diving and simulating. We understand that. But he is still on his day one of the best in the world. So how, how do we stop someone like him? And even then, you know, they still have the likes of, I mean, come on, two world-class goalkeepers and Alisson and Ederson and there. I mean, obviously we think Alisson's going to be in the goal, but you know, they still have the likes of a, someone like a Richarlison Everton. Obviously we are familiar with this team having played them literally almost two years ago. So 
that ESO probably has that kind of game in mind. I mean, do we see a similar thing happening, you know, where everything is just going to have to go back. But when you're playing at home, you got to go for the win at this point because they, they can't drop points in a situation like this, no matter who the opponent is. Yeah, it could be very important the first game against Uruguay, just the result, just to see how you're going to play that second match, right? I mean, you're going to repeat the team. You're going to repeat most of the game, of the names if they have a good game against Uruguay. It, it, it'll be easier to do that, uh, to put in practically the same team, like Ralph was saying. Uh, if that doesn't happen, and if you end up losing in Montevideo, and you have to go after Brazil, and you have to look, and you have to try to win at home, it's a totally different situation. But you are going to have to stop all these great players. And I'm not actually that much worried because Junior Alonso, Gustavo Gomez, we have so much players that have the Brazilian uh, experience that they play lately against Brazilian players. Fabian Balbuena, even, that's in West Ham right now. I mean, so, so much time in Corinthians. And then we have players that have recently played against Brazilian teams. Maybe they didn't do so well, Olympia and Cerro Porteño. But there are a lot of players that are on those teams that are also on the national team. And I do think that the experience of playing against these kind of players, playing against a uh, uh, test team is very important. And I do think most of the players that we're going to see against Brazil are probably going to be those players that have, that have the experience. But uh, I just want to throw my prediction already out there because it has a lot to do with what we're saying. And I'd be happy if we get two draws really in, in this combo, in these two games. I would be happy. But since I always go a little bit higher than that, I'm going to go with a win in one of these two games. So instead of two points, I'm going to ask for three points in these two games, and then I'll be even happier. Uh, so I'm going to go with we win one of these two matches. Which one of them? Uh, no, no. Go for destiny. it. No, 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 no. Come on. You got to pick one. If you had to choose one, who, what would it be then? I'd rather be Brazil. That would be head. That would be headlines of the world because this team is the strongest team in South America right now. I mean, it'd be great, and I guess yeah. Well, let's go into the segue, guys. I mean, we've already made the predictions, or at least Fede did, going for that draw and the win against Brazil in Asuncion. Maria, I mean, you know, we know these opponents. These guys are obviously two powerhouses of world soccer. Tight games, when you look at it, Fede, I think brings up a good point. You know, I think it's probably the hardest combo that Paraguay can have right now, obviously before the Copa America and then looking at what's ahead. How do you see Paraguay getting these two results in Montevideo and then all the way in Asuncion a few days later? Well, I guess I'm going to have to go with um, a draw with Uruguay and a win with Brazil as well. And I think that this Brazil game is, going to be a late winner there's going to be a late uh, goal in this game and and um hopefully it's 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 from from paraguay i love the the simplicity i think we're all being optimistic i don't know i'm st i won't get my prediction yet but maybe ralph can help me out a bit because maybe it could be a bit more cautious looking into these two games i mean we know the history we know what it's like to play against these guys these guys will Oh, these guys will step it up in a game like this. How do you see this happening? Yeah, I don't know if I can go for four points from these two games. That would be amazing. I think I agree with the draw in Uruguay, and I think they can get a draw against Brazil. So I think they can go through this unbeaten. Um, a quick thing, I was just checking my notes as we were talking. Neymar didn't play in the last 
qualifier in Paraguay. It was uh, when Dunga was manager. It's a very like strange team he put out. So I think this will be Neymar's first trip to Paraguay since 2011 Copa Libertadores semi-final 3-3 against Cerro Porteño, which was an incredible game for those that remember it. A very heartbreaking game for Cerro and Libertadores as usual. But that's amazing to think Neymar will be back in Paraguay after 10 years. And, you know, what a different player when he was at Santos in the Copa America semifinal, uh, Copa Libertadores semifinal. He's like this new kid on the block, like amazing player. And now, of course, it's, it's a totally different story. Um, so that would be you interesting. Know who, you know who's, who's friends with, with, with Neymar and we've seen pictures of them together? Gustavo Gomez. They've been partying together. They've true, been hanging yeah. out around. That's true. Maybe, maybe he knows a couple of things about Neymar. Let's hope, yeah, let's hope he's got his number for, the, for that game. Um, but yeah, for predictions, I'm going to go with two draws. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of these draws is a nil-nil. I think they are very tight games. I, I was thinking about it a few days ago. I, for some reason, I look at the recent history that Paraguay's had. I was going for a loss for the game against Uruguay, but I will not go for that. I think this Paraguay side is very different to what we saw against um, Uruguay many years ago. I think looking at Uruguay as a whole, they are beatable. And we saw that in the games against, uh, you know, it was Brazil, but, you know, they lost to Ecuador. Okay, it was in Quito, so there's an advantage, but they are beatable. These guys are not, you know, some big powerhouse. And then I'll talk about Brazil in a bit, but I think I'm going to have to side with Ralph here. I think it's going to be very difficult to see um, Paraguay get a win in Montevideo. It would be huge. It would be absolutely huge if they get it, but I think I'm going to opt for a 1-1 draw on this one. Against Brazil. I think these guys understand that, you know, they need, they have that history. They have, they're going to come out. And they, I think they can even feel confident coming out of that game against Iroquois. I mean, snatching a result away from home is huge for any team and they need to get the maximum points at home. But I just think that in, you know, Ralph, you had mentioned it, this team is, you know, too good in possession. How are they going to be able to break through? It's going to be very difficult. I think Paraguay will have to really set back. And I think because of that, I think they will go out of Paraguay unbeaten, but with a no-no draw on this one. So I'm going to say two points on this one, which means that Paraguay are still unbeaten after six games playing a World Cup qualification. But if I do have to choose a game that if they were going to win this one, I think it's Brazil because, I mean, come on, <laughs> you want to continue history. So keep going and let's go for the win. Hell yeah. Why not? And like Fede said, that would kind of shock the world if they're able to beat a Chi-Chi side that doesn't lose a lot, actually, when you think about it. You know, I just wanted to end up with this because of the whole the situation of the uh, of the pandemic, Roberto, and the, and the switch on the calendar, the, the two games that weren't played before that will be played after Copa America makes everything so tight. I mean, we're going to have so many games after Copa America and the beginning of next year those are going to be the decisive months. I mean, those are going to be one game after the other, and then we'll probably know already who's going to go to the next World Cup. Definitely. And I think even then that, you know, we, as we've seen, you know, World Cup qualifiers aren't over during this time of period. They still have to play uh, 12 more games after this. So it's going to go a long path. I'm not saying that if Paraguay comes out of this with zero points, they're going to say, okay, the World Cup's done. No, far from that. Just like if they get six points, they get four points, two points, zero points. No, their World Cup journey is not over. It might be easier, it might be difficult depending on how they come, but it's definitely not over. So 
I think we should all feel optimistic. You know, I, I think this is obviously the perfect test to come, especially now heading into the Copa America that we will talk about in future episodes. So stay tuned for that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I think we all need to feel confident in Paraguay as always, you know, that kind of pressure that's always great and always that great feeling of senior national team play, especially against these type of opponents, former world champions. History is on themselves. I can't wait for this one. So I'm really excited. So guys, again, another great episode, another great World Cup qualifier preview episode that we do for, for What Any Vision as we've done. This is our third one that we've done so far since we start the show and it's been great so far. So for myself, Roberto Rojas, for Fede Perez, Maria Ritos, and Ralph Hanna, thank you so much for listening to this new preview episode of the World Cup qualifiers against Uruguay and Brazil. See you soon. <laughs>